Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And this is where we answer all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, head on over there to the live video and make your comment underneath in all that area. All of the, the questions, we're already getting a bunch yeah. of people that are in here in the chat. So, again, we love hearing where everybody's watching from as well, which is always great. Mm -hmm. uh, so as we give people a chance to actually start asking some of the questions, um, we know that that was the not the way the team wanted to start the season for sure. Um, what were some of the big takeaways that you got that, that especially we could see where – they could have it already, you know, potentially even turned around before Thursday. Is it is this stuff that's easily fixable? Is, is it a little bit longer term? Just kind of your initial yeah. thoughts on, on what that game's going to mean. I don't think anything's easy in the NFL. The, the good things to build on was that uh, the offensive line played pretty well. I know there were moments where, where uh, Jameis was under duress, but a lot of those were with the ball held for a decent amount of time. And I think the biggest problem for the Bucks' offense in that game and it's, it created a bunch of ancillary problems, was the pass catchers really weren't getting a lot of separation. Mm. Um, I don't exactly know how you fix that other than to play better, run routes better, whatever, but considering what we think of our pass catching core, our receivers and our tight ends and even our running backs, I wouldn't expect that to be a persistent problem. Can you ex Would you expect us to have trouble getting no. separation no, with no, Mike no, Evans no. and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and all that? So... It didn't seem like there were hardly any times, even with play action, when Jameis was throwing to just wide open guys, which right. you tend to get from time to time during the game. I watched other games last night, and you see that from time to time, and I didn't see a lot of that. So there were a lot of Jameis holding the ball, Jameis having to throw into tight windows, and sometimes that worked out and sometimes it didn't. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the biggest problem in the game, as everybody knows, was the turnovers, uh, and you want to, your immediate reaction, and it's fair, is to say this is what we were trying to get out of Jameis Winston's game. This was the big thing. You look at it, you don't want to make excuses, but one of the interceptions went right through a person's hands. Mm -hmm. And another one, according to Coach Arians, and he would know better than I would, uh, was a perfectly thrown ball right to where it was supposed to be. That was the one that Richard Sherman took the house because Peyton Barber apparently ran his route about two yards too deep. And you see that. He turns around late and too far and the ball is in front of him and Richard right. Sherman because he has his eyes on the quarterback sees where the pass is going and the pass catcher doesn't and it ends up being an easy pick six and you think oh, James just threw one right to the other guy now the last one was his fault according to Bruce Arians and it was just a bad decision he thinks he was trying to throw it away when a screen pass just didn't work and he right. needed to find a better way to get rid of that ball so right live to fight another day so that's the one and, and is that easily fixable well I don't think anything like that is easy. Playing quarterback isn't easy, but it's certainly something you can stress. Yeah, that's a really great point. And then the, the defense, um, that was something we were really excited to see coming into the game just because, again, they we know they hold a lot back in preseason. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to show their whole hand. And we had this whole new scheme with Todd Bowles coming in. And, and man, they really – I mean, it's, it, if you looked at just the score – and you'd didn't watch the, the game, you'd think the defense played terrible. But I, I feel like it's really important to stress, you know, how well they played and how yeah. some of those things weren't their well, fault. Well, I mean, obviously. it's right there in the numbers. The defense played great. They gave up one touchdown. That was after a third and ten pass interference call on a deep ball deep down the middle of the field where the ball was well overthrown. Um, here's another thing. The penalties were a problem. They were mm -hmm. a problem for the defense, and they kept them from getting off the field several times. And you do want to harp on them, don't do certain things. But penalties are a little bit hard to control because sometimes you get calls that you don't necessarily agree with. So did you did you do something wrong? We had two touchdowns to Cam Bray called back on penalties to DeMar Dotson. Now, the officials are right there on the field. They know better than I do. 
but to the naked eye, it certainly looked like that was just a really good play by DeMar. He's supposed to kick out right. on that play and block that guy, and it looks like he just drives him, and that's it. And it worked. Right. Cam Brate scores. He gets by that guy in the first second, and 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 uh, uh, DeMar keeps pushing his guy. I didn't see a hold there, but again, the officials are there, so maybe they know better than me. But that's what I'm saying. You want to say, man, they really hurt themselves with penalties, offense and defense, and it's true. But how much of that could you really help? Right. If if Demar actually did what he was supposed to do there, how could you really help that? Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, but the defense, as you asked, I think 264 yards allowed. Here's one big thing, and this was a problem last year: 0 for three in the red zone. We were the worst red zone defense mm-hmm. in in the league last year, and it seemed like any time a team got there, they scored. Right. Um, a touchdown, I mean to say. Mm-hmm. 0 for 3 is fantastic. I yeah. went back three years. It took me back to the first game of 2016 or the second game to find another game where we held an opponent to no touchdowns in at least three red zone trips. That's huge. It's big. It's a big thing. Uh, the pass rush only generated one sack and one other quarterback hit, but Todd Bull said he was happy with the pass rush considering how the game went. There was a lot of quick throws and a lot of running plays. Right. So um, really there's not a lot bad to say about the defense. They look good. Yeah, which is great. Um, Francois asked, uh, do you think Rojo would be starting moving forward? <laughs> I knew that question yeah. was coming. I would have bet anything we were going to get that. You know, it could just be a matter of time if he continues to play like that. I don't think they make that decision one week. That, that's an interesting question, though, because Coach Arians said several times during the offseason in training camp when Ronald Jones was looking really good, he said, if somebody has the hot hand, we will stick with him. And that clearly happened. Uh, Peyton Barber started the game at one point in the third quarter. He had maybe eight carries, nine carries to four for Rojo. And then the rest of the game, Rojo got all the carries, and he got hot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ripping off 11 and 16-yard runs. They were all up the middle practically because he's a bigger guy now. He's got more mm-hmm. muscular. He's He was breaking tackles. So he stuck with a hot hand in that game. Does that strategy also apply across from one game to the next? Do you say Ronald Jones is the hot hand, so you start him in week two? It's probably a little bit too soon. That's probably a quicker reaction than I would expect. But if he keeps playing like that, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Jay had said, I'm happy the defense is playing better. How do we improve our red zone scoring, though? So we talked about how we held the other team in the red zone, but then we struggled a little bit. Which is, it's hard to say because, yes, because of the penalties, but technically it's like Cam Brake got two red zone touchdowns back to back. So we clearly have the plays that will work in the red zone. Is that sort of the optimism there? But then the penalties. Yeah, Donovan Smith was asked this exact question yesterday and he just said two words and then went on to the next question he said execution execution mm. so they like you said they think yeah. they have the right strategy they have the right plays they had the right plays called on several occasions they just didn't execute again twice on penalties on plays that did work um, the fourth down play remember to Chris Godwin that was almost intercepted apparently according to Bruce Arians that was a play where Chris Godwin is supposed to stop a little sooner and and if he had, then Jameis wouldn't have been dragged into throwing the, the ball into danger like he did. Now, that's not to say it was a good decision to throw that ball because the safety jumped it and could have gone about 101 yards. Right. But um, so little things like that. Now, Chris Godwin had a good game, and he made a nice touchdown catch and all, but apparently he was supposed to stop a little sooner. That That's the thing you see in practice. You'll see uh, – the receivers running routes and the coaches will say zone or man and they're supposed to 
they're supposed to react based on if they see that the defense is zone or man. And if it's zone, oftentimes you stop and sit down in an in a open area. And if it's man, you keep going because you're trying to beat your man. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, another area that I wanted to talk about was special teams. Very much a, a mixed bag there in, in some ways. But um, first of all, let's talk about Matt Gay. That I feel like that's that's got to be something that fans yeah. are excited about. So what you've seen from him, and then some of the other struggles on the special team side, uh, a blocked punt, and you know the return game never really got going. So just mm-hmm. overall that that whole unit, how would you kind of grade the game and, and where you feel like they they could go moving? Yeah, forward? I mean Matt Gay didn't have any um, really high. Difficult, high level of difficulty mm-hmm. kicks, but he made all what three? He made two extra points right. and, and I think a thirty-one yarder. So they're all about the same range of of kicks. But he made them. I mean, you know, that's his first game as rookie. He didn't seem like a guy in the preseason that was bothered by jitters. But you, you never know. First game that actually counts. First kicks that are really, really important. Although I suppose. The preseason kicks were important to him because he was fighting for a job, right? Um, so that was fine. There's nothing, nothing bad to see. We still haven't had a chance to see him kick a long one, right? But, but I'm sure that he will. Um, the punt, obviously, getting the punt blocked, deflected. I guess it's technically a deflection because the ball went forward about three yards. But we all know it was a punt block. Uh, that's bad. Um, it looked like one guy got run over on the play. Um, and yeah, the return game was kind of meh. Yeah, that, that we're kind of used to that at this point. We'd like to see some break out there. Right. Uh, we had a few different questions about um, injury updates. People asked about uh, how Blaine Gabbert's doing, Justin Evans. I saw a few more. So overall, um, <clears throat> what do we know about injury situations, and when will we know a little bit more for the Thursday this game? This is the week where you actually get information early. Since yeah. we're playing on Thursday, we actually had an official injury report on Monday. Didn't have to wait until Wednesday. Uh, well, Justin Evans is, is done. He's on IR. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose... With today's rules, he could come back at some point if he's right. designated to return. But they put Justin on IR yesterday with that Achilles problem, and it's just been a long road back for him. Um, Blaine Gabbard still is not practicing as of yesterday, so one would suspect that for at least one more week, Ryan Griffin is still your number two. And then when Blaine's healthy, they'll have to make a decision. Uh, other than that, though, the team's in really good shape. There wasn't a single other person who was even limited in practice yesterday. Right. You know, the guys that were sick are better now. And there was some. you're not going to come out of a game without some bumps and bruises. So you had guys like O.J. Howard with an ankle and Ronald Jones with a toe injury. Mm-hmm. But they practiced without problems. So right. everything okay. looks good. Uh, yeah, and, and Mark had asked, is, is Mike Evans 100% healthy? Yeah, he just had a, like a 24-hour bug. Right, which is a, a lot better. So for you, looking at... I think um, he was a little affected by it, though. Yeah, I have to imagine, because especially with it being so incredibly hot yes, down on the field, yeah. that even if you're over it, like you're not having the symptoms anymore, I mean, everybody knows when you've been you sick... dehydrated. Yeah, you don't feel... It's hard to stay hydrated. Y- exactly. And yeah, you're probably less energetic. Yeah, you aren't completely 100% in just one day. Um, I know they do a great job with the training staff and everything, getting them you know ready to go, but... There's it's no a shame way. because he loves Richard Sherman and he loves going against Richard yes. Sherman. And he actually had a couple of really good games against Richard yeah, Sherman. Yeah, that is when Mike tends to be at his best. I mean, mm-hmm. he is one of the most competitive people. Well, this week on should be planet. good then because James Bradbury has had some good games against him and now he's got another shot at him. Right. And that was going to actually be. So the next question I was going to ask is this matchup on Thursday, it, I think it's an interesting. <clears throat> point that um, Dave Moore actually made on the radio show that we had last night, how normally you talk about a short week and it's hard to prepare. And I was like, well, you know, at least it's a, a more familiar opponent in Carolina. But normally people would just say, well, they're familiar with us too, so it's not really an advantage. But he pointed out, well, we're the ones with right. new Brand schemes, new, new coaches yeah. and all of that. So do you feel like there could be some advantage there in terms of preparing yeah, for that game, that the, the that. familiarity yeah. on our end? Right. They have a lot less of Todd Bowles' tape to work with, although they can go back and look at former Todd Bowles teams and mm-hmm. so get an idea of his schemes, and they, I'm sure they will do that right. or probably did. Uh, a short week, they knew that preparing, so they probably did some preparation ahead of time. Um, yeah, I could see that being a slight advantage. Uh, 
another thing, last year uh, Carolina's offense was new with Norv Turner. Now it's the second year, and they had a lot of misdirection stuff. Remember some of those yeah, plays? Yeah, that's right. All the, the, and they in hurt rounds us. and things like that that really got yeah, us. Yeah, they really got us. And um, Vita Vea was asked about that yesterday, and he said, well, yeah, we're preparing for that, but also we're a different team. He's mm. like, we've got a totally different scheme uh, I, you know, we'll be approaching this a different way. So one can hope that that the defense is better equipped to handle those plays now, because that's a problem. And Christian McCaffrey is a problem. Right. Yeah. As always. So for you, looking at Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, especially first and foremost, who on our defense will most have to step up to, yeah. to contain them, and how does this new scheme match up against that Carolina? I offense? think you saw it with George Kittle. I know that George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey are play different positions, but both of them are are non-wide receivers who are the obvious focal point of their team's passing attack. And when you have somebody in the backfield or a tight end on the line becoming, you know, going out and running routes and becoming a focal point of the passing attack, you generally don't have just one guy. You don't take, you know, you could say Richard Sherman's going to cover Mike Evans the whole game. You don't, you can't do that with a tight end or especially a running back. Uh, it's going to, so Christian McCaffrey is going to stress various parts of this defense all of it at some point during the game. Right. But I do think that the linebackers, uh, Levante David and Devin White, are going to be the most important players in stopping him, p- particularly the run. You saw Levante David. I assume you saw it too. He looked like he was a great fit in this yep, defense. Absolutely. I mean, f- especially in the first half, he was free to fly around. He, he made five tackles. I think all of them or most of them were in the first half on running plays. And those plays gained one yard, zero yards, negative two yards, one yard, and four yards. So he, he's free to run around clearly, and we all know he, he diagnoses plays quickly and gets there quickly. Right. And so he's the guy that in the running game with McCaffrey, him and Devin White are going to probably be the most important players. When it comes to stopping in the passing game, it could, just, it could be just about anybody. Um, Francois had also asked, is there any update on the new veteran offensive tackle that was signed? Uh, does he seem like he could be a contributor? Well, yeah. He, the, I think the problem he had in Jacksonville is he was injured. He had some bad injury luck. He went on the IR like four times in three years, which doesn't seem possible. He came back once and then went back on IR. So he did, when he was on the field, he did start nine games the last two years for right. Jacksonville. Um, so that's an experienced guy. He's been in the league five years already. It's, it's a guy that has a lot of experience and starting experience. And so I think that is a, a nice addition, yeah. And we'll close on this. We had two questions almost back-to-back about the offensive game plan, essentially, where Brian had asked with uh, the defense playing better than the offense in that first game, does that mean you game plan differently? And then Rodney had asked, uh, do you think it was a balanced offensive game plan last week, or should they have run the ball more? No, we ran the ball 26 times, I think. That's And there weren't a ton of plays. I think we had around 60 alone 60, so 60 mm-hmm. 62, something like that. So that that was pretty balanced. We ran. I noticed that we ran on first and 10 quite a bit, especially in the early going. Now, at the very end, you're down right. one touchdown with not much time, and then, of course, two touchdowns, so right. you're throwing the ball. It's, uh, before we had to throw the ball on virtually every snap the last few drives, it was a really balanced attack. So, And that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. it's a good question, but, no, I think we were already balanced. And, no, I don't think you changed the game plan because you think we're a defensive-led team now. You don't expect your offense to struggle again. You, right. you plan to succeed, and I think that they will plan to succeed, and hopefully we'll see a better output on that part of the, that side of the ball this week. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back next week and hope you guys enjoy watching the game in Carolina. We'll see you then.